0: Here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. I'm here with my co-host, Michelle. Hey, Michelle.
2: Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody.
1: Well, I don't know about you in uh, Florida. It is blazingly hot here (laughs) in California. We are uh, going into 100, I think we're supposed to be 104 Uh Tomorrow, I think we're 101 Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Uh, How's life here? How's life there?
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of blazing hot, I think I've mentioned on our previous podcast that we have gotten into gardening at all the wrong time of year. Because in Florida, it's not only hot, it's humid. So we might be in the 90s. um, But you add the humidity on top of it. And you're just dying. So any, you know, those of you here in person can see the, the frizz in my hair that, uh, when we visited friends and we went to Kansas city to visit friends a few weeks ago and my hair felt like, um, less coarse. And anyway, I don't mean to talk about hair. This, this is, Keeping your shit together. But, but for women who listen, and, are, and a lot of our listeners are women, you will understand that hair is a thing for women and, yeah. and having hair that is manageable versus hair that is frizzy and curly. I didn't even know I was curly till I started living here and realized, oh my God, I could actually have a full curly head of hair. Well, of actually,
1: me, I, I have the same thing. It's, you do? <laughs> I, I mean, I brush it in the morning, but if. Uh-huh left to its own devices, uh-huh. um, or
2: Floridian humidity,
1: or, or yeah, left to its own devices. And I will tell you one of the funny things uh, that many people know, the author, uh, Neil Gaiman. And one of the things that I had asked uh, Neil, during an exchange that he and I had, I said, what, you know, one, what's one of the most, uh, you know, imagine not imaginary, what is the one one of the most unique things about you? And uh-huh. He says, I have unlikely hair.
2: Unlikely hair? Unlikely what does hair that now, mean?
1: Go, Take a look sometime at Neil Gaiman's photo. And he's got our hair. He just doesn't do anything with it.
2: <laughs> oh, and, like who wrote Blink? Malcolm Gladwell? Malcolm yeah, Gladwell it, has unlikely hair. Yeah. So it just kind of
1: <laughs> goes everywhere. And un, unless I brush it or or mm-hmm. do whatever, I have to say it's like, <laughs> it goes, and my dad had really kinky curly curly hair Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we joked about it i don't know if the term is even politically correct anymore right but it it i know where you're going but back in the day Uh that's what he called his own hair
2: what did Uh, he call his own hair
1: well he called it an afro um, <laughs> but but he some he of my it,
2: jewish friends call it a jufro.
1: that's what i'm just going to tell you but be, <laughs> because because he's he was jewish it was a, a jewish afro but, i mean i'm telling you we're talking like kinky, I mean, kinky little curls Lane. and so i have inherited that you just can't see it
2: right it can't cuz you do a good job and you don't <laughs> live in humidity but my yeah. point was it not only is it hot but it's humid and i've gotten into gardening so scott you're a gentleman farmer i am a gentle lady farmer now i am growing radishes from kitchen scraps uh, green onions from kitchen scraps i've got basil lemon balm mint I'm working on my time. Oh, I've got cilantro. I'm working on my time. I'm propagating these flowers and you walk outside in five minutes outside yeah. of your dredge. So I was so hot yesterday from digging up an invasive plant called asparagus fern. Please. If any of you are out there, don't ever plant asparagus fern, fern anywhere. The dang thing is so hard to remove and it will keep growing back according to my uh, friend, who is a horticultural specialist, oh, great. It's
1: the plant that keeps on giving, it's
2: the plant that keeps on torturing <laughs> and should never be planted outside in the ground, only in a pot inside where no bugs can propagate it. So, anyway, I, after just a few minutes of doing that, I was so hot. Our pool is not heated, the heater's down right now. I just, sundress and all, walked right into the pool. There I just you go. was like, that's it. I I'm dying here. So, you know, don't be afraid to cool off or get in the bathtub or, you know, keep well, your shit together. In, in and speak,
1: speaking of gentleman farmer and keeping your shit, keeping my, my grove together. Um, yeah. we, we are moving into the harvest time for peaches. And ah. then right after that will be plums. This is going to be our first season for peaches. Uh, and I just kept, they kept disappearing from the tree.
2: You have little squirrelies or something.
1: We I had no idea that squirrels are stealing my freaking peaches.
2: Yep, they steal our figs.
1: And they're and they and they are now dropping them on the ground. They'll take like three or four bites out of them and then leave them on the ground. So that's uh, such
2: that's so wrong.
1: So this morning why not eat the whole fruit. This morning I went out into the heat and put tinfoil around the, the base of the tree and around the things to see if oh. that reflection will uh-huh. keep them off. I don't know.
2: Oh, Um, let me know because we have a fig tree I'd like to protect.
1: Yeah, so So I woke up this
2: wonderful figs, but we never get to eat them.
1: I woke up this morning and said, You know, I'll bet tinfoil would work. And then one thing led to another. And so I'll let you know. Well, you
2: know, the joke like uh, tinfoil happens to attract people. You know, like tinfoil hats.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Tinfoil
2: capes. Kathleen Magadin, who does this wonderful comedy stand-up performance that you can find on Spotify, speaking of good stress relief, uh, called Bothering Jesus. I highly recommend this. It is a little off-color, but pretty funny. And she talks about her parents wrapping their credit cards in tinfoil because of this huge, like, identity theft crisis going on yeah. she talks to her friend who's in the police department and in fraud and asked him is this a real thing and he said I haven't heard anything about that but if there's one thing I know about tinfoil dot 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 <laughs> Yeah, so I,
1: I have to go back I got to tell you because I have not used the term afro in a long time I went back while we were on the air what my father oh. had was was a Natural growth of curly, textured hair. Let, let's there. be politically correct. There we go. So, I, not 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 to offend anybody. You know, one thing um, we're we're moving into. Just so all of our listeners know, we're moving into a a number of weeks uh, on a really cool topic that you and I uh, had been developing, and then we had a listener, yes, uh, through a listener, but a listener as well, uh, suggest a topic and they kind of all melded together. And before we jump into talking about stress and stress breakthroughs. Yes. Uh, and by the way, before we jump into that topic, uh, you, you guys, you listeners are going to want to get our workbook
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we have. Uh, and the workbook uh, is now available at bit bit.ly forward slash Stress breakthrough, yes. and Michelle and I will be uh, going through that whole workbook with you. You won't need it for today's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting next week, you will, and mm-hmm. we'll explain it as we go along. And
2: we'll write it in the session notes. But yeah. just you know, download it before you start listening, or use it as a guiding tool over the next five. Include you know, not today, but the next four. Uh, sessions that we yeah, do and,
1: and it's free. Mm-hmm. So it's not costing you anything. You just you put your email address in there your name and then it will automatically uh, give you access to it. Before mm-hmm. we jump into this, just real quickly, you know, we ordinarily take time to talk about what's been going on in the last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, <laughs> we are supposedly starting to come out of the pandemic. And once again, it's kind of like that cluster of health issues. With friends and family yeah, yeah. that are coming up, and again, it will lead into our topic today about mm-hmm. stress and mm-hmm. challenges, mental health issues, with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not only first responders but healthcare workers, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, Michelle, but it's it's literally we've we've had a friend in the family, relatively young, for lack of a better way to put it, um, pass away lot of addiction issues with folks particularly younger younger folks are doing it um lots of people are starting i think to go to the doctor now yes and And, to the the dentist and they're Mm -hmm. discovering things and Mm -hmm. some very dear friends of mine are now (laughs) you know i've joked with my doctor you know Mm -hmm. i go in every year for a physical and i've joked with my doctor if he if he finds something and i or my dentist by the way i do the same thing particularly with my dentist because I'm supposed to go in, you know, you're supposed to go in every six months to get your teeth cleaned. Yes. And he'll ask me when's the last time you flossed. And I said, I (laughs) flossed this morning. Um, He said, okay, well, when's the last time you flossed before that? The last time I was here.
2: (laughs) Six months ago.
1: (laughs) You know, and then he'll go through and do all these things. And of course, my comment is I didn't have that before I came here. (laughs) And
2: (laughs) so true.
1: And, and I say that because you know, folks, as we go back to a different normal, as we go back to all these things, and we start realizing, you know, I, you know, we we got fully vaxxed here. And then we had the grandkids over and babysat them. And damned if the first weekend they stayed with us, I didn't get a head cold. And it's like, I haven't been sick in 15 months. What are Mm -hmm. you talking about? Mm -hmm. And then my wife got it. And it's like, Mm
2: -hmm. this is just
1: nasty stuff. Uh And, And I say that because, you know, life isn't going to just suddenly you're out of the bubble and everything's wonderful. There are still life events that we're going to need to, to work with that you have not had to deal with for 15 Mm -hmm. months
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or since. So I don't know if you've been experiencing any of that yourself.
2: Sure. I mean, I certainly with my own, my own health and seeing it with the health of my clients and this last maybe week and a half, maybe even two weeks. A big thing that clients are bringing up is social anxiety, forgetting how to be with people, how to manage their stress, you know, how to be appropriate to remember to ask people about how they're doing and not just talk and not talk over top of groups. And even sometimes the boringness of being together and chit-chatting. So, you know, all over the place, we're readapting to being together, being in the world, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And that's kind of where today's topic came from is, uh, Brian, uh, my partner works at lung bioengineering on the Mayo campus in uh, Jacksonville. And the um, medical physician that works with their program, Dr. Jorge Malia, He's actually a member of the Mayo Clinic and a specialist. And he talked to Brian about our podcast and was like, I really need some good tips for stress breakthrough, stress management, not not just in general, but we are seeing all of these challenges with healthcare workers and first responders going into burnout at a new level than he's ever seen. Because during the COVID pandemic... For any of you that had a loved one hospitalized, you might not have been able to go into the room with them if they were really seriously ill. Those nurses and bedside doctors were your go-between between you and your loved one. Sometimes they were the ones holding the hands of the patients if the patient died. And they already were understaffed and overworked and at risk for burnout. I can talk to you about data even before the pandemic And um, we really want to hit this, not just for our healthcare workers, but, but they've inspired us, Dr. Malia and his, his request, you know, we often talk to you as listeners about, you know, tell us what you want us to talk about, what we can do to help you. And this was a request that came in through Dr. Malia of the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. So when you do have a future topic for us, let us know, Scott and I like to be interactive with our community. So this one is for any of you dealing with stress as a result of the pandemic or just in life, reentering life in general. It's the whole point of our, our podcast in general, but we're going to get really down and dirty with this one.
1: Yeah. And you know, this, it, it's very interesting that this was brought up to us uh, because it's where we were headed anyway, when we first yeah. designed this course uh-huh. Yeah, and it's something near and dear to both of us. You work with it in a different clinical therapeutic setting. I've always worked with it from the approach of meditation and breathing Mm -hmm. and mindfulness uh and and the life coaching aspect of it and even before the pandemic hit i was talking to people back then and michelle you and i've chatted about this and we should get this out of the way at one point i believe the world health organization had classified burnout as a diagnosis now that's been removed i believe Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, it's, it's actually technically they have let me look it up really fast, because I did in preparation for this, they diagnosed it, they, they put it in as a medical condition. Oh, here's the definition. Uh, a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that had not been successfully managed. So it's not a medical diagnosis, but it has been a medical condition. I don't know what the what the difference is necessarily, <laughs> um, but it's resulting from feelings of exhaustion or fatigue, um, increased mental distance from one's job or negativism or cynicism, depersonalizing your work with other people, and a, res- a reduced sense of professional efficacy, so feeling like you don't have the ability to make a difference like you used to. And,
1: and that's a big deal here here, Michelle. I know there's more to the definition, but you know, I work a lot with people on discovering, refining, and defining their purpose. Yeah. And you know at some point, when you're in a stressful, anxiety ridden, frustrating, I'll call it burnout, whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. that stress environment. You, you lose, at least my experience with dealing with folks is they lose their purpose. They lose mm-hmm. the why behind this because it's like, who the hell cares? It doesn't matter. I'm not mm-hmm. making any difference. You know. Uh, and coming from a world where at one point I wanted to be a doctor, I worked in the emergency medicine field for a number of years, uh, both on a paramedic unit and in an emergency room department while I was uh, exploring that. You know, that kind of stress is normal in a in a medical environment anyway. And then you put the overlay in it Mm -hmm. where it's like looking through a magnifying glass. Right. And I can imagine, I've certainly not been a healthcare provider during the pandemic, but I can certainly imagine these folks saying at some point, who cares and why does Mm -hmm. it matter?
2: Right, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because why it matters is that we see in the research over and over and over again, that stress has an impact on how easily we catch colds or flus, Um, our our ability to fight off things like cancer, to manage depression, eczema and skin disorders, post-traumatic stress disorder, stomach ulcers, heart disease and asthma. Just to name a few off the top of my head, in terms of things that stress is directly impacting because of the way stress hormones work in your body with cortisol, adrenaline, constant fight or flight running up your brain chemistry. And all of those free radicals that run around in your body as a result of those negative hormones, those those hormones are actually really positive. If you were being chased by a lion, if uh, you were being chased by an assailant or an attacker, if you were dealing with an emergency, they're all great because they help you prioritize the way your body's responding to this crisis. But when the crisis is over, if you're in a state of perpetual stress or crisis or high fight or flight, that's where you get into the problem, and that's why we need to manage it. But um,
1: and, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as somebody who has been around that kind of and I'm gonna say at high stress because uh-huh. of the emergency room, emergency uh-huh. medicine, paramedic response that I was around you can get not only used to it, you can get addicted to that adrenaline high of constantly being up. The problem occurs, particularly when we had cold runs, right? Those are the ones where you get called at two o'clock in the morning for a full arrest. That's a Mm -hmm. heart attack. You get called at Mm -hmm. two in the morning for a full arrest. You go out there with your paramedic unit and somebody has, it's been a prank call and they call in, it's an empty lot. Mm -hmm. You show up, there's nowhere for that to go. Mm -hmm. That heightened sense of, let me save somebody and, and, you know, be, be their, their warrior, there's nowhere for that to go. And I can, again, I can imagine from looking at the statistics that I'm looking at right now, Mm -hmm. how exacerbated that becomes. And so one of the things that for this particular episode, we're going to get into some more details over the coming weeks, but Mm -hmm. for this episode, I think it's really important for you and I, for the listeners and for the, the first responders and healthcare workers who are listening to this and everybody else, everyone else is, is to understand, I'm looking at a statistic breakdown right now, a database. This is from December of last year.
2: Uh, so, so we had
1: just moved into it. I want you to understand what everybody was dealing with going into this.
2: 2019, you mean, or 2020, no, 2020. Okay. December so, of 2020, December of okay. 2020. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're in 2021 right now, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this later, right? <laughs> so December of 2020, we still had not come to the, to, the problems that we, we have now listen uh-huh. to listen to some of these and this is a, a mental health America survey they went through healthcare workers. These are not first responders. These are the, the folks that are on the front line in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, urgent nurses, respiratory and, uh, therapists, social workers, mm-hmm. 93% of them claim to be experiencing stress. Oh, yeah. 86% experience anxiety 77% mm-hmm. frustration 76% exhaustion and burnout uh-huh. 75% overwhelm. Mm -hmm. You know, you take that and it's not gotten any better.
2: No. In Um, fact, I'm going to add some live data that I actually procured. Oh,
1: wonderful. Recently.
2: So before the pandemic, I have a burnout tool on my website, a survey that you can download for free at postinternationalinc.com. I'll talk more about that. Uh, almost 800 healthcare workers of a variety of backgrounds, not just as, not just emergency room, but just people in general working in healthcare, therapists, you know, any anyone, some life coaches were even in the data. Um, 800 people gave me their scores. Less than two percent of them were safe from burnout. Fifteen percent had a low amount, but needed to address it, and 83 percent. We're dealing with serious levels of burnout that would automatically be affecting their health at some level. That was before the pandemic. And then I just gave a national talk last Thursday to the Eye Banking Association of America. These are people that do corneal recovery from deceased donors, corneal transplants into patients. So we're talking about eye doctors who do corneal transplants, were there and there were about 200 people on our live workshop last Thursday. And I did a couple live polls and there were on the call, I asked after defining what burnout was and what the symptoms were, I asked how many people believed that they were experiencing some form of stress or burnout. And it was 85% of the people on that that live call just last week.
1: And that's huge. And so Michelle, I think for sake of time and to help hit these, the, the, the nail on nails (laughs) on the head with multiple hammers at this point, what do you think the most, not, not provocative, but what, what is the most important aspect of all this? Should we call it burnout? Should we call it stress? Should we call it fatigue for just for, just for, just for a, a, a shorthand way of referring to all this. Now in our, in our workbook, we've called it the stress breakthrough,
2: right? Is,
1: is stress just a good way to deal with all this, to talk about it?
2: Stress is a, a generic way to talk about all of the four Key buzzwords in the research. So there's secondary traumatic stress, which is witnessing trauma, PTSD like things, and having the symptoms yourself. There's vicarious trauma, which is very similar. Someone else has a traumatic experience. I'm there. I witness I get it. There's compassion fatigue, where you're some sort of even just personal caregiver to a loved one or a professional caregiver. And then there's burnout that doesn't have to be connected to a traumatic event doesn't mean you have to, you could be burnout and be in accounting. You could be in human resources and tired of all the turnover in your staff and dealing with all the leaves of absence and everything going on. So I think burnout or stress is more generalizable to the whole population. Okay. And using that um, couple of researchers, <clears throat> even for those of you that listen to us internationally, because we do have some international listeners, the burnout survey that I've kind of adapted has actually been used in India, Hong Kong, Malaysia, and Kenya with teachers, not just healthcare workers, to explore uh, what people and, and optometrists, you know, <laughs> like a couple of different groups. So, if we stick with stress and burnout just as a shorthand, I think we're pretty safe.
1: Yeah, the the reason I I say that is. I have a personal opinion and Michelle, you and I have not shared notes, so I don't know how you feel about it. Okay. We're going to be giving you guys not only today, but over the course of the next few weeks, a number of tips and tricks based on the practices that Michelle and I have that we're going to give you supplements to what Michelle and I do on a daily basis with folks. For me, when I work with people, it's a matter of helping them not just come up with you know, I've got a shield I can put up when the stress occurs, Right, it's helping them build up that immunity
2: Uh to be,
1: to begin with. And, and so I want to underscore from my standpoint, this isn't of, you know, I'm going to talk to you in a minute about breathing. We've talked a lot about that, but it's one of the best stress breakthrough techniques that you can do.
2: It's free.
1: Um, and
2: (laughs) with or without a mask available with or
1: without a mask. (laughs) And so, um, you know, it's one thing to intellectually understand a technique. Mm-hmm. If you don't practice this and it's I called know. practice, if you don't yes. practice the meditation or the mantras or the breathing mm-hmm. or the, you know, you, the EMDR, whatever it is that we're going to mm-hmm. wind up talking about, right. When the stress hits, you're going to be chasing it. Right, right? And it's, and it's much like a painkiller, Right right Um, when the painkiller is for you to get ahead of the pain yeah, so that you don't experience it to the level that you would Mm -hmm. otherwise experience it Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here is not a replacement for your doctor not a replacement for your mental health professional not Mm -hmm. a replacement for your counseling or your therapy that you're going through it's a way to supplement and add Mm to your stress immunity system
2: Mm -hmm. yes and You know, just like you wouldn't expect to work out once and then run a marathon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't go well.
2: You know, you can't expect yourself to try a breathing technique once. And then when you're in the middle of a stressful situation or a panic attack, think it's going to work. You do have to train your body just like exercise, just like building a muscle. If you've been in chronic stress, you have to train your body to turn off the stress response initiate the relaxation response in the parasympathetic nervous system. And then once you're trained, it becomes much more like riding a bike so that you don't have to necessarily practice three times a day for 10 to 15 minutes each time. Like I teach people when they're first learning, you can practice less frequently and have the same body memory that kicks in fast. So, but don't, you know, when I have, I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to any of you out there that know me who I, you know, think I'm going to be talking about you right now, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm just going to say
1: all events, are, all me. events are, all events are fictional and no person <laughs> is intended by any, That's of right.
2: but it drives me crazy when I have a friend say, Oh, breathing techniques don't work for me. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? They work for everyone. If you yeah. just practice them long enough.
1: <laughs> well, I I love the one when I, when I teach people breathing stuff because there are a variety of different breathing techniques and I'll I'll share box breathing with everybody before we're done here uh, mm-hmm. I, again. But I love I love it. Not they don't tell me that it doesn't work for them. I love oh. it when I share it with somebody and they go I I can't breathe. <laughs> I know
2: I know, know. you are breathing right now. It's like the coolest thing ever. And you know what Brian taught me because he works in lung bioengineering and lung transplant is he taught me your lungs are the only inner orgasm, <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> the only inner organ
1: <laughs> well we're I'll, together, we, people. I'll we're, we're next next week <laughs> next we'll, week we'll ta- talk about
2: orgasms okay it's the only inner organ <laughs> that actually gets direct exposure <laughs> from the environment like think about how cool that is like your liver gets no your liver your kidney your heart your pancreas, you know, they, your intestines, they get no direct contact with the outer environment. Your lungs take in the outer environment process through the negative stuff and still find a way to make use of that. I mean, what a cool organ, (laughs) not orgasm, but it is kind of orgasmic that your lungs do their job on their own without you having to tell them to do it all day long, even when you're asleep.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, 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 and and by the way, the, I, I, the two two quick things, because I don't want to waylay the entire sure. or derail the entire conversation, sure. but we've used some terms here that I think it's important for some people to understand. When we okay. talk about chronic stress, Yes. That, that to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, is ongoing, constant, repeatable Patterns of stress, anxiety, frustration, worry, yep, y- you name it. Versus yep. versus a term you may hear otherwise, which is acute. Acute uh-huh. are things that happen individually, or they stand alone. Um, they're severe enough to warrant intervention mm-hmm. by a mental health or healthcare provider. But it's not ongoing. It may happen right. once. It may happen even twice, three times. Chronic is when you've heard you've heard some people. They've gone to a doctor, and the doctor says, "Hey, you're, you know, you're permanent and stationary. This, you got to learn to live with it."
2: Yes, um,
1: yes. And we're suggesting you don't have to learn to live with stress. What we're asking you to do is to learn to live with bliss. Oh, and
2: yeah, I like that. And reason. so, mm-hmm.
1: um, the the other thing that I, I do want, because you mentioned the parasympathetic system, etc. Uh uh-huh. If you don't mind, let me, let me just talk about breathing for a minute, because oh, I think yeah. that's an immediate tool that everybody can use. Right now. Breathing through your nose, right? Breathing in through your nose is critical. Mm
2: -hmm. A lot
1: of people simply are breathing in and out through their mouth. Yeah, they may have a deviated septum, they snore or whatever, they think that they've got allergies. Learning to breathe properly through your nose in, and I'll tell you where it goes in a minute, and then out through your mouth Mm -hmm. in a particular way is, um, one of the ways that your body calms through its parasympathetic parasymp- sy- system. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the cortisol levels change because mm-hmm. of the way your body is structured. This is a physiological thing that they've studied.
2: Mm-hmm. So the it also idea is- warms <clears throat> the air for your lungs. Mm-hmm. So it makes it Makes yeah. it better to breathe. Now, like if you absolutely have a blocked nose and you're you're listening to this and you've got a cold, just breathe through your mouth. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, worst In case, case scenario. scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can learn, you know, breathing through your nose is slower, it's physiologically beneficial, and it warms the air for your body.
1: Uh well, and and there are, I'm not going to get into all the technical terms here because I don't want to turn everybody into a doctor, but <laughs> there are specific there's the mucus, there's, there's yep. specific structures of your nose that get yep. activated by breathing in the air through that. Mm-hmm. And then the lower levels of your lungs being activated mm-hmm. that helps calm you down.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what we call diaphragmatic breathing, yeah. belly breathing. That's, that is the basics of all biofeedback. If you've ever learned biofeedback and relaxation training, which is been known to help with chronic headaches, chronic pain, high blood pressure issues, all kinds of great stuff about biofeedback. If you've got it um, on your insurance plan, go get, go get a good six to 12 sessions of biofeedback. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, just, you know, for those of you who are actually seeing your doctor, just, just for what I call shits and giggles, right? Just (laughs) ask them what happens to your, your mouth, your, your throat area, when you breathe through your, when you continually breathe through your mouth mm-hmm. because what mm-hmm. happens at that point is you're drying everything out.
2: That's right. It has an impact on your teeth. Yeah. an impact on your throat. So you do you know we do tend to naturally breathe through our nose when we're not paying attention to it. You'll you'd be surprised. I am one of those deviated septum people with allergy polyps, so I actually have significant blockage through one of my nostrils. So that makes it hard to do yoga like exercise. Yeah with only nostril breathing, but I do like to do nostril breathing when I'm doing relaxation or meditation.
0: So if you,
1: if you don't mind, maybe this is a good quick time to reinforce a prior session that we did. We talked about box breathing and deep breathing mm-hmm. in one of our prior episodes. Uh, but very quickly, just as a reminder, I, I love the concept of box breathing and the reason it's called box breathing used by some of our elite forces to calm them down in the middle mm-hmm. of, of heavy fire right um i like to use the the four formula so breathing in for a count of four holding for a count of four exhaling for a count of four and then holding the exhale for a count of four something that usually you're not told usually uh people are said you you know inhale you hold it you exhale you inhale you hold it you exhale there's there's an exhale while you uh, pardon me, you hold your breath after the exhale. You can do it. Um, and one, you know, if if you don't think that you can hold your breath after an exhale, go look at Wim Hof, the Iceman. Yes. And and, you know, I do his his breathing techniques a lot. You know, we're not talking about exhaling and holding for four. We're talking about exhaling and holding for a minute and a half. And exhale, all the air out of your breath, and then you hold that for a minute and a half. Uh, and it changes your metabolism and the way you feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go
1: back to quick basics. Um, one of the things that I like to do when I talk to folks about breathing is you start with breathing through your nose, you inhale through your nose, a deep breath, all the way down to about three inches below your belly button. So you're going to do belly breathing, right? Mm-hmm. You can do diaphragmatic breathing, but I like to go three inches, you have visualize it going down three inches uh, below your belly button. That's the lower dantian for those of you into qigong and some of the other uh, art forms like that. And if you ever watch a baby breathe, that's mm-hmm. how they breathe. You just yep. watch. A baby's know how to do this stuff naturally.
2: Yeah, cats, cats, and dogs always breathe from their belly when they're sleeping.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're so you're breathing in through your nose, down to about three inches below your belly button. You can put your fingers there. You can put your forefinger in your belly button if you want, and then breathe down to where your ring finger ends up to a count of four. So I'm not going to do it because you can't. Three,
2: four. Three,
1: four. (laughs) And then you hold it. You hold your breath for a count of four. Same, same rhythm. One, two, three, four. Now you're going to exhale through your mouth. And here's the key that I've learned. And that is to exhale through your mouth, like you're breathing through a straw. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are things called straw breathing. Uh, It's called Zen breathing. There are actually a number of devices on the market now that simulate this for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some remark, I've actually got some jewelry, uh, a necklace that is uh, a sterling silver straw, for lack of Uh a better way to put it. Right. Uh, Some people have come out with There are straws that make sounds at a certain frequency. (laughs) You don't need any of that. Now, if you have a challenge with this, go take a straw and cut about two inches off of it Mm -hmm. and carry the straw around with you, Mm -hmm. breathe in through your nose and then hold the straw up to your mouth and breathe out through the straw to a count of four. Then you hold the exhale for four, and then you breathe back in through your nose again, not through the straw. Uh, If for those of you who are my overachievers, uh, if you want to add one component to this, it's actually kind of cool. And again, a qigong concept, take your tongue while you're exhaling, and take the tip of it and place it on the roof of your mouth, which creates a different kind of circuit. So you're actually you can't see this if you're only listening, but it's exhaling through a straw with your tongue at the roof of your mouth, it creates an entire physiological change uh, and heightens that whole concept. So again, it's breathing into it for a count of four. And by the way, those of you in an emergency room situation, this is a wonderful thing to practice, even as you're in the midst of a, of a crisis. You can you can bring your attention back mm-hmm. to the breath. It's mm-hmm. what you're paying attention to. And I'm sure, Michelle, you, you'd work with people with breath a lot, right?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, breath is the basic tool for all stress management breath plus mantras and mind thoughts are the basic building blocks for pretty much all of the stress techniques that we, we do be it more advanced, like automatic progressive muscle relaxation or passive muscle relaxation, visualization, the meditations, um i don't know what i'm missing i'm sure i'm missing some but those are auto, uh, the automatic basic building blocks and for me it's i i love the box breath because it's easy to count uh, for those of you that struggle with holding your breath an alternative can be a six count in and a six count out through a di- diaphragmatic breath um so that can be an example or just you know, notice that there can be stressors associated with learning to breathe more slowly. You're you're more conscious of your breath, and sometimes that can trigger anxiety for some people. You can work your way through it. And uh, Alicia asked a question, <laughs> but I don't know. I think she's being I think she's being silly. Is there a straw that makes the the uh, 260 frequency the tone that's used in a telephone? uh to well, allow you to make free phone calls
1: so here's what's funny as as lighthearted as that is uh-huh um believe it or not there are straws for lack of a better term uh-huh. that that vibrate at different frequencies huh. if that's what you choose to do and i'm not gonna we're not promoting any <laughs> we're not promoting any particular uh product here uh, but, oh, yeah. but if, if you just go online and look up quote, breathing tools, and uh-huh. you might, you might want to even look up people like Deepak Chopra and, ah, and the like, yes. even Deepak has, has a breathing tool out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh yeah, th- there are some other ones and they, th- there's, there's a product out there that I have not seen. I don't use it, but it's called the love tuner. Oh, uh, where are on exhale. You're actually breathing out at a specific uh, megahertz and so again it's moved beyond straws to uh, a vibrational frequency mm. for some of them but down and dirty because that's what we're talking about here for a healthcare mm-hmm. worker for a frontline mm-hmm. worker for a first responder just freaking breathe I know um, and you know the other thing it goes beyond the scope of today I know that there are emergency room physicians who Mm -hmm. use ho'oponopono in the midst of a crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked about that. I love you, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And it's Mm -hmm. a script that runs through their head to immediately de-stress and remove them a bit in the midst of an emergency.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Also, I wanted to tell you, for those of you listening, give you a couple of tips. And again, Scott and I are not connected to any of these programs. We don't get any kind of kickback for mentioning them. But many of my clients use Insight Timer as an app to help them train in meditation and breathing. I took a class last week where they recommended Mood Candy as a resiliency and well-being aid. That's another app out there. And Zizo, Z-I-Z-O, Your Resiliency Pal (laughs) is another one. And of course, I I personally do have the Calm app and several several people I know like Headspace, Headspace, I think, was even offering a free year of of use if you were a healthcare worker. Um, Two other ones that I love is the Affirmation app called I Am, where you can program your own affirmations or it sends them to you to help with retraining the thoughts into more positive thoughts that are self-affirming. And then for anybody at risk for suicide risk or for depression, I highly recommend the virtual hope box, which is from the National Center uh, for Telehealth and Technology from the National Center, you might want to try getting the virtual hope box as an aid. In addition, you know, we'll be sharing tools along the way. But we wanted to give you in this episode, some quick boosters to get you started before we dive into our actual stress breakthrough challenge.
1: Yeah. And and I can tell you, I use the calm app and the, the desktop version. Uh, ah. And uh, Headspace is marvelous. And just as a quick add on Andy, uh, Andy is from Australia, I believe. Uh, and I first connected with Andy ba- back with his meditations that you just download and listen to his MP3s. But Andy, uh, I don't even know his last name. It's just, hi, this is Andy. Uh, <laughs> a former monk, by the way, who left left the, the brotherhood and then went out and put all these things out there. Netflix now has short little I think 10-minute and the oh. episodes on oh. Headspace that you can watch and he talks you through mindfulness meditation and stress relief. And so you've got uh-huh. these wonderful tools that are available even if you have just a few moments. Now, by the way, yeah. just as a quick note, uh, I mentioned Love Tuner before. Yeah, uh, Love Tuner is Deepak Chopra's. I didn't realize oh, that they were the it? same thing and uh-huh. so what what he's doing is that when you breathe through this uh you're you're exhaling remember you breathe out through this device not in through it uh-huh. you're breathing out at a frequency of 528 uh, hertz uh, okay. that that he had on his page has all kinds of things there are lots of tools out there i think there's a new one out called calmigo uh-huh. i think uh th- there are um you know, one of the ones that I, that my jewelry that I was telling you about is from uh, Camuso. And mm. again, I have no relation with this company. Don't get anything. I paid for it retail, like everybody else. And uh, Camuso has this little necklace that you wear. And, and frankly, at this point, it's just a reminder. It's on your neck mm-hmm. and you remember mm-hmm. that you're supposed to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it in different things. And it's, it, they talk about de- decreasing stress hormones, blood pressure, loosening up the muscles, slowing down the heartbeat. And then they give you the background of it and why it's a healing modality the way it is. Mm-hmm. So that that's one of the, the quick down and dirty tools I use constantly, just remember mm-hmm. to breathe. And mm-hmm. box breathing is so easy to remember. Mm -hmm. I use four, four, four and four. You want to use three. Cool. Uh, Dr. Andrew Weil has his own, I think it's four, seven, eight is the pattern that he uses to help you de-stress and get to sleep easier. Mm -hmm. Lots of folks have been talking about breathing for quite a long time.
2: I'm going to add one other quick tip because we're coming to the end here. And this comes from uh, Dr. Amitsud, S-O-O-D, of the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic, by the way, has some great trainings. If you if you feel like taking some resiliency training, great. I also want to remind you, Scott and I have our home retreat weekend. Uh, well, you can do it at your own pace. It's Several lessons to help you kick life into gear. So feel free to check that out if you're interested. But a quick tip I learned from Dr. Sud of the Mayo Clinic, he taught a workshop also last week, and he talked about for good resiliency, your brain needs rest every 90 to 120 minutes in order to keep it producing well, have your reaction time fast, and have your attention fast. And he used this cute little acronym, Scott, called SIP RUM all day. Okay. Oh, I love it. Then rum stands for R, rest, like make sure that you're doing every 90 to 120 minutes, you're taking a brief moment to let go of planning and problem solving. So that's where you're, you know, take a few breaths every 90 to 120 minutes, um, go for a little quick walk, go get a glass of water, anything to rest, sit, sit in a different location every 90 to 120 minutes. So the R in rum is rest. The you is uplifting emotions. So that's have a good chat with someone you know, watch an uplifting video, think of something you're grateful for, have a moment of prayer or meditation, remembering something you did well, think about a previous act of kindness that you did for others or someone did for you, sit and savor a good compliment and be maybe look for an inspirational quote, but just like quick, a couple minutes, five minutes. You know, make sure it's something uplifting, connect, connect with a loved one if you want to send them a quick text. So that's the U in rum. And the last one is M, motivation. And this is where my notes got a little off because probably I needed to sip a little rum. It was a long
1: class.
2: (laughs) But um, the M for motivation, I believe, is like review your mission, review your why, review why it is that you're doing what you're doing with your time and why it is you're doing what you're doing with your heartbeats. So you should be sipping rum all day long Oh, and for the couples or families out there, can I give you one more tip that he said? shoot, I don't want to give this away in case my partner Brian listens. But he said, like, when you first meet your partner at the end of a day or whatever, even if you're into or your child or your friend, and you, the first thing you want to do is like, be intentional about briefly looking in their eyes and maybe seeing a color that you haven't noticed lately. And, and maybe let them know you've been thinking about them. But for the first couple of minutes of your exchange, Don't do any kind of behavior change with them or criticism with them. Just ask them how their day is and tell them you've been thinking about them. And just those couple of minutes help you stay fresh in your relationship, in your family, with your kids And then later as the the evening goes on or the day goes on or the weekend goes on, you can get into more deeper things that need changing, but don't do it the first few minutes of interaction.
1: Absolutely. And I'm gonna add two things here real quick before we end. Oh, good. Number one, for those of you that that want to follow along with what Michelle is saying, as far as keep your why, you know, to use Simon Sinek's term, keep Uh your why, your purpose, your passion alive. A lot of what Michelle and I do, by the way, is, help our clients hold each hold themselves accountable yes sometimes it's so easy for all of us to forget in the midst of a crisis the why yeah and so it's nice to be able to have a support system for yourself to be able to to remind you what you might want to pay better attention to. And that's yeah. really what we're doing is helping you pay better attention to the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one final tool, uh, again, just in light of the time here, many of you who've been through some of my uh, shunyata code sessions or my private one-on-ones know that I'm a big fan of Peter Levine and his somatic techniques. Yes. And so, you know, just take take a moment, not if you're driving or operating heavy machinery, but when you're have a safe place to do this you know take one hand put it on the, the the your the palm of or the palm take the palm of your hand and put it <laughs> on your forehead and then take take your other hand and just place it on your heart oh. and take a moment and just notice this and Aww. notice the connection and it's part of of Peter Levine's self-holding techniques ah. he's he's got other ones I I actually use this at the beginning and end of my sessions when I work with people he's got others where you just you know you've Take your hands, cross them. Some of the MDR in here, by the way. Um, you take your hands and cross them, and you
2: just hug yourself. Yeah, tap or hug. Or... And
1: it, it's literally Peter Levine's self holding uh, stuff. You can look him up online. You can get this stuff for free. We have given you all these free techniques. So for me, number one, breathing, number two, mindfulness, and then number three, self holding.
2: I love it. I love it. And since you did bring up your dentist, I will tell you one thing. This is my tip. Because we typically go get our teeth cleaned once every six months, I want you to do something like reassess your burnout once every six months. You don't have to use the tool from my website that I got from uh, the American Public Works and Adapted uh, but take your burnout survey once every six months, let your dentist like that. Oh, just six months go by. Let me check where I am. Let that be a reminder of the fact that you want to do that. You can also Google uh, the pro QOL, which is a compassion fatigue self. It's it's longer. It takes a little more time, maybe like 15 minutes instead of five minutes. But the compassion fatigue pro QOL is is easily available, um, QOL is quality of life. You can find that online if you wanna do that one instead. Um, but you want to be doing a litmus test of where you are in your stress management in some form, once every six months minimum, okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it's much like we've talked about addictions and habit issues before. Uh-huh. You, you've gotta calibrate and assess where you are in order to move beyond that and get some change in your life. All right, I think we're at the end of our session. I want to thank everybody uh, for being here. Uh, We're going to start next week, as a reminder, going through the workbook. And so go to bit bit.ly forward slash stress breakthrough. And if you got any questions, you can contact Michelle and I, and we'll make sure you get it. And thank Mm -hmm. you all for being here. Yeah. And since we're talking about uh, stress breakthrough, Michelle, if you don't mind, we'll end this uh, with a little uh, loving kindness for our, for our people who are going through stress. Uh, and literally, you can do this with your hand on your forehead, hand on your heart, or you can just literally say my heart to yours, right? Uh, may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. Live with ease. And with that, we'll see you folks next week for the beginning of our stress breakthrough challenge.
0: Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of keeping your together in a stressed world with Michelle post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.